0: To a life-changing encounter with the Word of God Presented to you by Reverend Bright Nakruma, The Senior Pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God Affecting many lives Now get ready to be transformed by this message Changing me and changing you We have come with The Word of God for this short time we have please stand to your feet and let us pray Bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you have given us to be here, to be alive. Thank you, Lord, that you have counted us worthy to be alive today. We are grateful. We are thankful. We pray, Lord to touch our hearts this afternoon and turn our hearts into fertile grounds grounds that are able to receive your word in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit we thank you for your presence here in Jesus name Amen Wow, clap your hands together for the Lord and please be seated wonderful are you prepared to hear the word of god oh, yes. awesome well we are still um in our feeding five to seven or status five two seven and we are talking about backsliding backsliding say backsliding backsliding Amen. And um, last week we began talking about this particular subject and we want to continue talking about it. Backsliding is a real concept in the Bible. It is a real entity in the Bible. There's a word that says backsliding in the Bible. And last week we went through Um, the book of Isaiah uh, sorry the book of um, Jeremiah how um, Jeremiah described the state of a person who is backslidden and we saw that it's a horrible state that nobody should even walk on the road to backsliding hallelujah we describe several horrible situations that describes a person who is backsliding? Now, backsliding, by definition, is falling away or committing apostasy. And it's a term that is used among Christians. It is something that indicates that you are going back to something horrible when you are backsliding. It means you have been delivered, you have been saved, and now you are returning to your former state. Hallelujah. And it is not a good thing. Hallelujah. And we are saying that this concept, this thing called backsliding, can happen to everyone. It can happen to every Christian. And it has happened to many Christians. It has happened to very prominent Christians. And so when we talk about backsliding, it's not something that is far from you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's not something that you can completely exclude yourself and say, it does not pertain to me. It does really pertain to you. And so I was explaining to you that backsliding is not that it's not only that you have now stopped serving god that is apostasy that you now don't obey the word of god you don't you don't accept the word of god you don't obey the commandments of god that is not the only thing however when you are working with god and you slow down in your work with god it is backsliding if you are a pastor that preaches, you are evangelizing, you are doing so many things, and then you slow down now to coming to church every Sunday, you are backsliding. You are backsliding. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You are backsliding. If you are a Christian that comes to church, you are always doing your quiet time. You are always praying. You are fasting, prayer meetings. You are attending. When we call for evangelism, you are there. And you stop doing these things. Meanwhile, you always come to church. You are backslidden. Now, when we look at you, we cannot say that you are backslidden because we feel you are still a Christian. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? We feel you still, if you are not a Christian, you will not come to church. But as far as your walk with god is concerned you are backsliding amen and it doesn't matter what the reason is you are not the same you are not where you ought to be you have not gone forward hallelujah and so it's a concept that applies to everyone and today i want to talk to you about the principal causes of backsliding the principal causes of backsliding The principal causes of backsliding. Now, there are many different things that will cause a person to backslide. But for this message, the purpose of this message, and for the purpose of this book that we are sharing from the presiding bishop, Backsliding, we will share some few main causes, some major causes or principal causes. Of backsliding and the first one that i want to talk about is shallowness shallowness when you are shallow amen. amen do you understand what is shallow shallow the opposite of shallow is what deep so shallowness is superficial when you go to a pool there are deeper ends of the pool and there are shallow ends of the pool or when you go to the beach You can stay at the shore for some of you, and just be around where one foot is in the sand and the other foot is in the water for safety precautions. But there are some that go deeper. Amen. Are you understand where when you stand in the water will cover your head, but you are in that is you are deep. So that is shallowness when you are shallow. Amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter eight and verse 13. Luke chapter 8 and verse 13. Oh, Let's read from verse 11. Luke chapter 8 and verse 11. It says, now the parable is this. This is a parable that Jesus told. It says, now the parable is this. Jesus had told about the parable. How many of you have heard about the parable of the sower? Okay. So it's about this parable. And now he was giving explanation of the parable of the sower. And he says, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. So he told about the parable where a farmer or a sower went to sow. And then he sowed so many seeds. And some fell on different grounds. Parts of the seed fell on stony grounds parts of the seed fell on fertile grounds parts of the seed also fell somewhere and birds came to take it and jesus was given explanation of this parable and he says now the parable is this the seed is the word of god those by the wayside are they that hear then cometh the devil say then cometh the devil he said, those by the wayside, are they that hear, they hear the word of God. The seed that fell on the wayside is like those who hear the word of God, then cometh at the devil and take away the word out of their hearts. Wow. That as I am preaching, there are some of you, the devil is next to you and as soon as the word comes he takes the word away from your heart you know that is serious are you understanding what I'm sharing with you that is serious you wouldn't think that the devil also comes around but in the book of Job when the saints gathered Satan also came now the scripture is saying that when you hear the word of God when you are sitting in church like this and the word of God is being preached, as soon as you hear it, and as it's coming into your heart, because the word will not have any effect until it falls into your heart. And as it's falling into your heart, Satan takes the word out of your heart. Now, have you wondered why sometimes you leave church and you don't even remember anything that was shared? Have you also wondered why sometimes you come to church and we preach about love, and then you go out and you start fighting with someone. You see? Because the word has no effect. It didn't enter into your heart, and the word has no effect until it enters into your heart. Now, it shows that the word is very valuable. If for the word of God alone, satan will assign a demon to come and take the word from your heart then the word is very valuable are you understand what i'm sharing with you you see you don't know the effect of the word on your life you don't know how the word transforms you you don't know why is Satan interested in taking the word out of your heart? I'm talking about backsliding. Why is Satan interested in taking the word out of your heart? You see, there are people, you know, I mean, if you will look back, you can examine yourself and access and see that sometimes even there are certain diseases, certain illnesses that have tormented you for years. But as you subjected yourself to the Word of God, as you were coming to the church and hearing the Word of God and hearing the Word of God, today you don't even remember that you used to have chronic headaches or you used to have chest pain constantly or you used to have asthma attacks all the time. You don't even remember. You can't even remember when it happened, when did it go away. The Word has something to do with your health. It has something to do with your well-being. That the enemy wants to you keep you sick, he will take the word out of your heart whenever it comes. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now, sometimes, you know, people don't value these things. People don't value, for instance, the preaching of the word. That is why people don't value pastors, for instance. You see? And sometimes, you can't even associate your well-being... You can't even associate your prosperity. You can't even associate your health with the word of God that is preached. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Sometimes you can't even associate how well you are doing with the relationship you have with the man of God. You know, Lot, for instance, he thought you know he will prosper on his own wherever he goes, but he didn't even know that his prosperity. Lot was a very prosperous man. In fact, he was so prosperous that now his property was intervening or was interacting with Abraham's prosperity. That is why he had to leave. And sometimes, people are not able to relate with that. People cannot associate with that how important that is. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? I remember one time I was sharing with you how important... The life of a pastor is in your life. Anyway, let's preach. So he says, Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of your heart, lest they should believe and be saved. Lest, I'm telling you, the word will have effect only if you allow it into your heart. Then it will save you it will give you salvation it will save you from diseases illnesses and all the effects that is why some people because you see when we preach the word like this it should make you feel well you should feel better he sent forth this word and he healed diseases the word of God is so powerful hallelujah he says they on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no roots which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away in time of temptation they fall away they receive the word but there is something that is lacking they also have no roots and in time of temptation temptation will come there is time of temptation for everyone hallelujah So in this parable, Jesus was showing us the various reasons why some of the seeds could not grow. Some seeds could not grow because they fell on rocky soil. Jesus explained here that the word of God comes to other people with joy. And even they believe for a while. But in the time of testing, they fall away. In the time of testing. They fall away because they have no roots. Amen. Because they have no roots. Hallelujah. So a time of testing will surely come. A time of testing will surely come for every Christian. Everyone will have a time of testing. Every Christian will experience a time of testing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you are a shallow Christian in the time of testing you will fall through experience we have noticed that many Christians do not have deep roots and I think you also have noticed that that many Christians do not have deep roots they do not know God for themselves they cannot even explain why we do the things we do many Christians cannot explain why we pray why we speak in tongues. Why we come to church every Sunday. And then we have to have midweek services. Many Christians cannot explain that. They don't know. They are shallow. They don't know why we have to come together. Why People call themselves Christians and they say, why can I not serve God at home? On my own. I can pray and I can read the Bible. It's Because they don't know the scriptures. They are shallow. Amen. They are shallow. Hallelujah. Many Christians don't know why they belong to a particular church. They don't know. They do not even know why they give offerings. That is very sad. And that is why we murmur when we don't know things. Now, the time of testing is different for everyone. The time of testing is different for everyone. And everyone will have a time of testing. A time of testing is a time that you experience that has ability or the situation has ability to make you backslide. To make you slow down in your service with God. That is a time of testing. It's a time that comes in your person's life that will make you leave the church. It's a time of testing. Amen. The pandemic was a big time of testing for so many people. It was a time of testing. The pandemic brought challenges even to serve God. And it was a period where when you are not rooted, when you are not deep, if you are shallow, you will backslide. You will backslide. And many people backslid. During the pandemic, many people, and as I'm talking, many people are backslidden. Amen. It has brought even laziness in serving God. Laziness S- to the degree that people want to lie in a bed and put their computer in front of them like this to serve God. People can't even rise up to, even bath to, sit up to serve God. Laziness. Amen. So having no personal experience with God are some of the reasons why many people backslide. Shallowness. They never can say that God spoke to me. They have no conviction of their own. You see, and every deep Christian, every deep-rooted Christian Will have periods of conviction. Periods of conviction that nobody has said anything to you, but you are there and God is ministering to you that do this, don't do this. This is wrong. And if you don't have moments like that, you are shallow. You are shallow. Amen. Amen. You don't have moments where you feel God is telling you to do this. That means you are shallow. Hallelujah! Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So many Christians who are shallow are those who are persuaded by all kinds of doctrine. They are persuaded by all kinds of doctrine. Anything that people say or anything that people do can cause you to fall when you are shallow you may be in a church but if you are not deep you will fall away at the next shaking and crisis next time there is a problem in a church your membership and commitment will be shaking only a shallow Christian will fall away when a great man of God gets into some scandalous sin only a shallow Christian it is only a shallow Christian who falls away when some great man of God falls into some scandalous sin? We have the sins of a, another man of God, and that can cause you to leave Christ. So what, what have that man of God's sins got to do with you and your relationship with Christ? What has it got to do with your salvation? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? But when you are shallow, you hear about something that a serious Christian has done or a man of God has done, you say, look at all these Christians, even I am better off. You are better off what? You are going to hell. You are shallow. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You hear of something and say, look, even I go to church every now and then, but they go all the time. But look at what this person has And for that reason, you let go of your salvation. Amen. Why on earth would you think of leaving Christ because of your pastor's mistake? Christians behave in this way because they themselves are shallow. Are you listening to me? I am telling you that the reason why people behave like this is because they are shallow. They are shallow. Take, for instance, the recent persecution of our church. Look at this. There were all kinds of things being said about our church, all kinds of things written about our church, all kinds of things recorded about our church, and you saw them. And for that, you will rise up and say, for all the commotion that is going with the church, I'm not coming to the church anymore. Because you yourself, you are shallow. And I'm telling you, everyone who was affected by this and for that reason, you, 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 your relationship with the church changed is because of your shallowness. So now that the truth has come out and we realize that all these people were liars and they were schemers and they were trying to find means to get money and they are, I mean listen, there are people in the ministry with different motives and that when this truth comes out or when the, since this truth has come out and we know what was the actual motive what are you going to do now with the church that you say all the commotion that is going what are you going to do with your salvation that you dropped because of somebody else's what are you going to do you see and that is what i'm talking about it's a sign of your own shallowness so if you are in this church and you are not deep enough To know what this church is about. The mission of this church. How that this church's goal and mission and vision in life is to take the gospel to the poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. Take the gospel to places where no one will go. That someone will sacrifice his life, his health to walk through dangerous waters, travel dangerous journeys to take the gospel to such places. And you don't know such a person and somebody rises up and the person starts saying, all kinds of things for you to say that, oh, all the commotion that is going on with the church. You are shallow. It means that you have been in the church all this while. You never grew roots. You are shallow. You are shallow. It means that all the international Sundays and um, Healing Jesus Sunday videos that we showed, that we, you saw where the church was going, taking the gospel on. You were shallow. You were not even paying attention. You were asleep. The enemy took the word out of your heart all this while. You are shallow. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? You are shallow. That is the reason. It's no other reason. And I'm telling you, all the deep people in the church who have been in the church and have dived in and are deep, they stood the tests of time. They stood the test of time. And they knew that everything that was going on was a lie and that the truth was going to And then today the truth is out. What are you going to do? Come back. Yes, today we had uh, the prophet I mean, I don't know now I think our prayers have changed The way we've been praying against the enemy And fighting We are praying now for love For the enemy When I heard the message today I said, okay, now that prayer has changed The prayer has changed Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? If you are not sure about something Ask your pastor ask your pastor amen ask your pastor that is how you grow and paul said we you you follow me as i follow christ you follow me as i follow christ that is how deep christians walk with god you follow the pastor as he follows christ now how are you going to follow the pastor as he follows christ if you don't know christ How are you going to? So, you see, you, you have a responsibility to develop roots. You have a responsibility to know Christ. That when your pastor is not following Christ, you can see. Amen. If I say to this man, I said, love your wife as Christ also loved the church. How are you going to love your wife if you don't know Christ? You don't know Christ. And we are saying love your wife just as Christ loved the church. So how are you going to love your wife if you don't know Christ? So you cannot follow a man of God as he follows Christ if you yourself do not know Christ. Amen. Did you know That Aaron, Aaron led the people of Israel to build a golden calf after God had delivered the people from Egypt. He led the people to build a golden calf. You see, and the people that followed Aaron were not deep. They didn't know the word of God. They didn't know that God had said, thou shalt have no other God before me. They didn't know. So if if you don't develop roots, you will fall. You know, one time I was sharing with the church about a tree that was in our house. Big, mighty tree. Huge tree in front of the house. And there was a storm. There was rain for days. It rained and it rained and it rained. And the the ground became very soft. I mean, I was worried about small, small trees around, you know, and I said they were going to fall because I saw many trees fell and, and I saw this mighty tree that was there and it was several feet from the house. And then I saw the wind came and this big tree fell. I was having hope in the tree that it will stand. And it almost was this, this far from the house almost fell on the house big tree and then i was thinking and i said you know even these other small trees are standing you see so not knowing that this tree didn't have deep roots the roots were just branching superficial Not going, because the whole tree, the roots, everything, was out on the ground. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you see, what will hold you down, what will hold you down in times of storm, in times of the wind, is the roots. That is the only thing that will hold you down. And I tell you, you see, like the tree, You know, we will pour upon you the word of God. We will feed you with the word of God. The sun will shine on you. We will feed you with the word of God. We will feed you and feed you and feed you. But that is as much extent that we can go. As far as the roots are concerned, you have to develop them yourself. I cannot go down. I can pour the water on you. When you plant the tree, you cannot go underneath the ground and pull the roots down. I can pour water on you. The sun will shine on you. I can prune you. When you do something, I can discipline you. I can advise you. I can counsel you. I can rebuke you. I can talk to you. I can preach to you. And you'll be affected. But as far as the roots are concerned, you have to develop it yourself. You have to develop your roots. You have to dig down in the word of God yourself. You have to study the word of God yourself. You cannot be a superficial Christian. You cannot just hear the word of God. Young people, are you listening to me? That is how come when you go to colleges, you fall. If you don't develop roots you go to colleges and some other professors will come to you and give you some awful concepts and awful doctrines and that's the end of you because you don't have roots and the only way you develop roots is you have to study the Word of God yourself you have to know the Word of God yourself hallelujah if somebody understand what i'm sharing with you you know there's a scripture in acts chapter 17 let me acts chapter 17 and verse 10. acts chapter 17 and verse 10 are you listening to me acts chapter 17 and verse 10 it says and the brethren immediately sent away paul and silas by night unto Berea who coming thither, went into the synagogue of the Jews then he says these were more noble than those in Thessalonica so Paul and Silas were sent and they went to Berea and they went to their church in Berea and they started preaching there and this is what the Bible is saying about these Christians These Jews who are converted that were in Berea, in the church. It says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. These Christians, the Berean Christians, the Bible says, they were more noble than the ones in Thessalonica. And what is the reason? What is something that a person does that the heavens describes as noble what is nobility it says these were more noble than those in thessalonica in that they in that means in the sense that why are they noble they were noble in the sense that and this is what made them noble This is how they gain nobility. It says, in that, they receive the word with all readiness of mind. Like you are receiving, are you receiving the word? Is the enemy stealing the word from your heart? Say, never again. Say, never again. Say, "Now now I know. That is why when you are in church, all your mind, your ear, your eyes ought to be on the preacher. When the preacher is moving, sometimes we move like this, it's just to get your attention, not to make you sleep. So your head, your eyes should be moving, following the preacher. Me, when I'm sitting in the church, that's what I do. Wherever you are going, I'm following you like that. And I'm listening. When I used to assist Reverend Say, he mentioned, he says, he's a very good listener because when i listen to the message and he's done and sometimes i just come and i'm just summarizing he's amazed how much i absorb i listen you have to listen and these people they were not just listeners the bible says these were more noble in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily they serve the scriptures daily. Daily means quiet time. Daily quiet time. When they go home, this is their quiet time. The message that was preached. They serve the scriptures daily. Whether those things that they heard were so. Whether it was in the scriptures. As a result of that, they say, therefore many of them believed many of them believed you don't believe in us because you don't search what I'm sharing with you I'm sharing with you deep things but you're supposed to search go and read if there's a story about the Bereans truly in the scriptures search for it he said therefore many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks and of men not a few women when you go home search the scriptures take notes write down the scriptures and when you go home look at them Janet are you understand what I'm sharing with you take notes you should have notes amen some of you you don't write notes even when you come to church you just listen how much can you remember how much can you remember young people when i when i'm sitting in church i'm always writing notes always writing notes sometimes the scripture as even the preacher is going i'm looking at other versions of the same scripture to get stuff even during the message and i'm putting them cutting here pasting them putting them in my notes When I listen to a message and I finish, I can start and I preach the message to you. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. I'm telling you. Amen. Do we have time? Or you want to go home? Today, as a bishop was preaching, I said, when when can we in America preach like this? Relax and preach... And he was so powerful we didn't even want him to stop. When can we relax like this and preach like this? But yeah, you have to go and cook and do your laundry and buy your Metro card before you go home. Amen. Okay, let me just give you one more and then we close. Is that okay? That's a fair deal. Okay. Number two, emptiness 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 is a sign of backsliding or is a cause for backsliding it is a cause for backsliding when you are empty you attract demons i said when you are empty you attract demons amen Amen. he says i'm not better than echoing bronze this is a scripture from first corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1 in the ronald Knox translation he said the word echo in this scripture comes from the emptiness i am talking about in this section of the book emptiness emptiness. There are many Christians who are empty. There is nothing in them. I call them airy Christians. They have little or no word in them. Neither are they full of the Holy Spirit or of love. They may speak in tongues but the Bible says whatever they do, they do so just by just making noise you may be speaking in tongues but you are making noise it says you are just echoing bronze echoing bronze and the um, the version in the Ronald Knox translation in First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1 says if I have no love I am no better than echoing bronze or The clash of symbols hallelujah now there's a difference between emptiness and shallowness I hope you understand okay there's a difference between those two and echoing is a reflection of emptiness when there's empty place have you realized that when you speak it starts echoing when it's empty and that is how many Christians are They are empty. Many Christians are empty. And emptiness will attract other things. In nature, you cannot have emptiness. The Bible, um, it's not the Bible, but science says nature abhors vacuum. Nature abhors, have you heard that before? Those of you who have done science. Nature abhors vacuum. There is no vacuum in nature. When there's emptiness, something else will fill the place. When you allow emptiness, it will be filled by something else. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 43. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 43. It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah so you see when you give your life to christ you drive out unclean spirits the moment you are born again unclean spirits leave you now unclean spirits when they leave the bible is saying they walk through dry places they walk through when you give your life to christ and an unclean spirit leaves They walk through dry places seeking rest. Seeking rest. So demons like to stay in a place where they can rest. Demons are seeking rest. They don't like places where they get agitated. By your shakore, masotekebre, yandarama, sakataka, that's agitation. Demons don't like that. Demons don't like places where you are constantly doing your quiet time. Constantly looking at the scriptures. Constantly reading the Bible. They don't like that. Are you listening to me? I'm preaching a very important message. Demons don't like that. They don't like I'm going to church. And singing. And dancing. And praising. They don't like that. They like place where they can rest. Place where you can rest is always a place where you feel comfortable. So demons like when there's a party and you are dancing and you are drinking alcohol and that is home for him. It's home. He can rest. You know, have you realized sometimes when you go to another place, somebody's house or something, you can't really rest well. You know, you can't rest well like in your own house. Demons are like that. When you are Smoking and dancing, fornicating is home. He is, he, like, you know, he puts his legs on them. He sits down and, you know, he's relaxed. And go, 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 go on, go on. Take your clothes off. He's relaxed. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? The Bible says, when you drive out such demons from your life. They go through dry places. They walk through dry places. Dry places are places of agitation. That is not home for them. Dry places are places where the people are always praying. The house where there's always prayer, fire going on. 2 a.m. people are praying. They're having communion. Demons cannot come to places like that. They like places where they are sleeping. And they are fornicating. And they are lying, gossiping, talking doing all kinds of things. He says, he goes through dry places and findeth none. He finds none. He comes here, she's in church, she's writing notes. She comes here, she's listening to the word of God. She comes here, he's praying. He comes here, he's playing drums. He comes here, he's singing. He comes here, he's making announcements. He comes, all kinds of things. He cannot. So he walketh around they are dry places. Then he said, I will return unto my house. Wow. When you got born again, the demon left and he's still referring to you as my house. You know, when you live in a place for a long time, that becomes your house. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That becomes your house. And you feel comfortable in your own house. He says, I return to my house. You allow the demon to come and live there a little bit. Now he's calling you his house. Are you listening to me? It's like somebody has rented a place and now you have lived there for a while, you know, and... You know, now you have changed the whole thing, the colors, you have changed the painting, you know, because now you think it's your house. (laughs) You come, the thing is white. You say, no, I like yellow. (laughs) After you have lived there for a while, now you have taken over your pictures all over the house, the place. If everybody comes, it's, it's you. It's your house. That is how the demon sees you. Sometimes people change the locks. They put like three locks, like, you have taken over completely. So he says, he goes through dry place, and then he said, I will return to my house from whence I came out. I'll go back where I came from. And when he is come, he finded it empty. Because since the day you got born again, you have not filled it with anything. No quiet time. No prayers. You don't do anything to fill it. So the demon comes, he finds it empty. Swept. You have cleaned it. And garnished. Wow. Then he says, (laughs) I'm not coming the same way. Because I see what you can do to me. So then he saith, he goeth and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and do what? Dwell there. Dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Because now it's not one demon. He has come with seven others not like him more wicked than him and they come and live Jesus told this story I'm not making a story up this is the Bible you can look in your Bible and see that it's there he it says even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation amen so, you see, when it's not everyone that the demon can enter. The demon can enter places where there's no agitation, where they can find rest. He says that he goes around to seek rest. He wants a peaceful place. He doesn't like places where you agitate him with all kinds of church things. You know, sometimes people ask, why do we have to? I mean, everybody is under lockdown. Why do we still have to have Zoom service? But it's okay to have online work <laughs> online school amen I tell you so empty Christians are loud and noticeable but no substance they are not substantial and truthfully I have found out that the people who are empty in the church—they are the ones that make the most noise. They make noise. They talk to people. Don't do this. Don't come. This will happen to you if you come for in service in person. This—they are empty themselves. They are empty. If you are empty, stay empty. But you see, empty people—they are loud. They say they are like tinkling cymbal. They, have, they somehow have effect on people talking and doing all kinds of things don't backslide don't backslide and don't let anyone take you with their backsliding states amen there is a need for every Christian to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be filled with love and with the word What you are filling your spirit with should be the Holy Spirit. So ask your neighbor, what are you filling your spirit with? Amen. Fill your spirit with the word of God. With faith, with good Christian music. Hallelujah. Fill your time with church activities. Look, when we are organizing things for you, it is to fill you so that you will not be empty. When we are asking for prayer meetings, we are asking for you to do this, it is to fill you. Can you imagine how empty we would have been during this pandemic if it wasn't for the Zoom service and the flow services? Can you imagine? Even with that, see how many people have fallen. See how many people the enemy has returned. And the Bible says, when the enemy returns your state is worse than the former you have no idea you don't know that when the enemy you see look when demons return they don't just come so that now you tell lies and you fornicate and you know you cheat and you do that is not the only thing they come with a package they come with their diseases they come with diseases wicked demons come with wicked diseases Don't backslide, Amen. Tell your neighbor, don't backslide. Say, "Do not backslide." One last scripture, and then close. Luke chapter eleven, verse twenty-one. He says, "When a strong man, armed, keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace." when a strong man armed keepeth his palace his goods are in peace you ought to be strong you ought to have your arms your arms of prayer your arms of the word your arms of fasting your arms of church attendance many of you your church attendance, have become very poor very poor amen But the Bible says, when a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoil. That is why you yourself ought to be strong. Your pastor cannot be strong for you. I cannot do your quiet time for you. You yourself ought to be strong. As you will fall, you will backslide. Because the enemy also knows the word. When Jesus was tempted, he was tempted by the word. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Jesus was tempted by the word. Every temptation that came upon him today's quite Bishop was sharing. He says that in, indeed the enemy is—he owns the world, because then his offering of the world to Jesus would have been a, would, wouldn't have been a temptation; would have been a lie. Do you understand? But it was a temptation, and the enemy knows the word. So he says that when the strong man is armed, your goods are in peace, your health is in peace. Your prosperity is in peace. Your family is in peace. Your children are in peace. Your relationships are in peace. When you are armed, Amen. But when you allow the enemy to know the word more than you do, when you don't know the word and the enemy comes with the word, you fall. But when the enemy faced Jesus, he faced him stronger with the word. He faced him and he overcame the enemy and his goose were intact. Hallelujah. Beloved, do not backslide. Refuse to be shallow. Refuse to be empty. Fill your life. Fill your heart with the word of God. Study the word of God. Know the word of God for yourself. It will only come buckets are never filled by themselves, but someone has to put in as you put in and you put in and you put in, eventually you get filled. Put your hands together for the Lord. And let us bring our service to a close. Please stand to your feet. Amen. Buy Bow your hands with me as we pray Father we are thankful we are grateful for your word thank you Lord for allowing us to hear your word in this special way thank you Holy Spirit we refuse to allow the enemy to steal the word from our hearts we refuse to be shallow Christians we refuse to be empty Christians. We refuse to be superficial Christians. But Lord, we will be like the people of Berea who when they hear the word they go home and they search the word and they search to find out whether the things that they heard were so. Lord, give us the spirit of the people of Berea that we will be considered more noble In that we also, when we hear the word We will go and search the scriptures In the name of Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you for your word In the name of Jesus If there's anyone here this afternoon You are not born again You are saying, Pastor Pray with me I want to give my life to Christ I want to receive Jesus As my master, as my savior If that is your prayer if that is you, you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive Jesus as your Master, as your Savior. Lift up your right hand wherever you are, and I'll pray with you. You want to be born again. You want to give your life to Christ. And if you're on Zoom, you are listening to us. You want to give your life to Christ, wherever you are. Just lift up your hand, your right hand, and i like pray with you. Anyone there like that? Lord Jesus Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me thank you for dying for me I have sinned I have sinned I am not worthy I am not worthy to be called one of your children to be one of your children this afternoon this afternoon I come to you I come to with you with a heart of repentance please. with a heart of repentance please forgive me of my sins please forgive me of my sins please wash me with your blood please wash me with your blood I welcome you into my heart I welcome you into my heart be my lord be my lord be my master be my master be my savior be my savior. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. For saving me this afternoon. For saving me this afternoon. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Sing Shauna. My God and King. we believe you have been blessed with this powerful message come and worship with us on the zoom platform with id number 823 84436 every sunday at 12 p.m eastern standard time god richly bless you